You are going to vote tomorrow in the election. The millennial generation is the biggest, America's biggest, youngest biggest, biggest generation since 1965. The political revolution of the millennial. Welcome, Welcome to Political, political Playlist. playlist. <laughs> All right, are we ready, guys? Happy hour. Happy, Happy hour. hour. <laughs> that up so oh, bad. God. Hi, Yvette. Thank you so much for joining us on the happy hour today. How are you, Pumpkin? I'm great. I'm doing really well. (laughs) As we were just discussing, I got over my COVID. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm feeling healthy and ready to conquer the world, hopefully. As you you should be. As you should be. I'm glad you're better. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm so excited to talk to you, not just because... I know you are an incredible political activist and an activist in a bunch of causes, but also because knowing you personally, I'm in total admiration of your communication skills. And thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that, you know, one thing that we've really started to notice at Political Playlist as we've researched and learned more about young politicians is that something younger people in this world possess is this new way of communicating that Mm -hmm. feels exciting and different and revitalizing. So, you know, we'll talk about politics, but also we'll talk a little bit about you and your journey and, uh, and what makes you such an effective communicator and how we can all maybe learn from that. So to jump in, you know, in kind of broad strokes, I know you're very involved in the political scene now, campaigning for people, you know, standing up for issues that you believe in. But I'm curious where that journey began, if it was something that was instilled in you as a kid, or if there was maybe a catalyst later in your life, you just want to kind of fill us in on what brought you to where you are today. Yeah, you know, it's something that's been with me probably my entire life. I've always had like an innate sense of what's right and what's fair. I haven't always seen it in the world, but I I can feel in my gut when something just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel that it's fair for everyone involved, right? So that came, I think, from my mom. Like my mom was always politically minded. She talked to me and my brother about the importance of voting my entire life. My mother never missed an election and not just presidential. She voted for, if it was alderman or dog, local dog catcher, my mother was there (laughs) voting. And so um, turning 18, it was really important for me to make sure that I voted in that presidential election. And I did, and I was very excited to um, get to cast my vote. And actually, I said political. I said presidential. My first election was not a presidential election. I voted for Bill Clinton. That was the first president I got to vote for. But I was older than eighteen when he ran. So mm-hmm. yeah, so it's something that's always been with me. I think that it's. I have this this a saying that's been around forever that I've just been tweeting about lately with all the things we're going through with COVID and. So many selfish people talking about their feelings and what's comfortable for them. And I just feel like the saying, I am my brother and sister's keeper, is real. We are supposed to watch out for each other. Uh, No one was expected to live on this earth as an island and just conquer things for themselves. You live around people. You live with people. You have friends. You have family members, coworkers. Even strangers, whoever's behind you at the Ralph's grocery store, they deserve to stay alive. And you need to do things to make sure that you don't cause them to be harmed. This is not hard. And so it's the same, the same drive I have for COVID safety for everyone is the same drive that I have for um, fair elections for everybody and, and, and safe schools and safe roads and bridges. Like all of this stuff is necessary for people to have a decent life. So I fight for it. and, And I got it from my mom. Oh, that's very sweet. You know, I, something that we've talked about and that I've certainly talked about with 
my dad, who's also an actor, mm-hmm. is this idea a wonderful of actor, your dad. Just throw that out there. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the thanks on his yes. on his part for that one. <laughs> one thing that I think has become really interesting in the political world right now is people like yourself who have gained a spotlight, who have gained notoriety using their voice for good and for fighting. And I wonder how that stuff that you learned from your mom when you were a kid and when you were a teenager, how that shifted and began to inform the way that you've used your now much more public voice and what mindset shift you had to have when your voice was being listened to in a much bigger arena um, than you you know, had grown up with as a private person. Well, I think it all depends on what why you think you have a platform. I think there's some people that think they have a platform because they're cute or because they're talented and the purpose of the platform is to talk about, you know, flat tummy tea and lip lip gloss. I don't believe anybody has a platform for that. I think we have a platform so that we can shine a light on the things that matter. If all you're doing, if you got 500,000 followers or 10 million followers and all you're doing is saying, look at my cute shoes, you're missing it. Mm. You're missing it. Those people that are hanging on your every word are hanging on your word because they they believe that there's something in you that matters, that's of value, and you earn your your right to have the platform by um, proving <laughs> that you have something to say and that what you have to say matters. At a certain point, it can't be just about you. It can't be just about your projects or your money or your house or your bags. Or At some point, it has to be about what good can you do? So I I remember when I first joined Twitter, I had such a problem with the word followers. I was like, who am I to have people following me? It it just felt Like a cult leader or something. Yeah, like what is that? But then I realized that if you're leading them someplace worthwhile or you're leading them someplace good or you're reminding them of things that matter or or ways that they can make the world better for others, then they should follow you because you're leading them someplace good. Mm -hmm. So I always endeavor to lead people someplace good. I hope that it's something that I'm, it lead them someplace that'll make them laugh or make them think or make them fight for someone, make them more charitable. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like it's yeah, important. Yeah, totally. To, yeah, whatever light you have, it's only there for you to shine it on, on the things that matter and the people that matter. Well, you know, to that point, this idea of communication and kind of using that voice for good. First of all, I think that that's such a good point of like, you know, there's so many people out there now who are amassing these followings or whatever you want to call it. And I think that we, it's very easy to distinguish the superficial from the people actually trying to do good. And so I guess the word to everyone is like, find the people who are doing good. Know this, if you have a following not, and you're sending them somewhere, leading them somewhere, nine times out of 10, you won't have the hugest following mm. because you're going to say some things that people don't like. Mm. You know, you could say wear a mask and half the people don't want to do it. So right. they're not going to want to follow her. You're saying, you know, it's important for, for everyone to have the right to vote. And there's some people that like suppressing votes. They're not going to want to follow you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you say Black Lives Matter. There's going to be some people who I don't think they matter as much as me. They're not going to want to follow you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I always understood that in order to get into good trouble, as as uh, John Lewis said, some people are not going to want to go with you. And yeah. you have to be okay. I've said on my Twitter page a thousand times, if it's two or three gathered in his name when this is over, but we did the right thing. We gonna rock on with two or three people. Mm. That's it's never. I I don't care how many people follow me. That's why I, I freely block. If you come in with some foolishness, I block you because I don't care about the follower numbers. Don't get in the we, way here. <laughs> yeah, we gonna be good. We gonna be good to people and do good in here. We gonna be gone. Now we don't. I don't care. Yeah. I don't. 
Well, in that sense, I mean, I personally think one of the reasons that people follow you, it's not just for your work, but I think you have a really gifted way of communicating with people. And I think a very effective way. And, you know, I, I'm curious, but also I just think so many people probably are. How did that voice develop? Were you always speaking out and were you always having people listen to you? And, you know, as you got older, like, how did you craft that voice of yours and your ability to, to touch people in that way? You know, it's funny. I, I, first of all, nice to hear that I have a great way of communicating. I never thought about it, never cultivated it. I don't know that it's something that you can cultivate. I think it's important to be authentic. Mm -hmm. I'm not a liar. I apologize freely when I mess up. I don't have a problem speaking truth to power. I'm immune to bullies. So all of these things just, you know, I'm going to speak the truth. I, I, I don't care what anyone thinks about it. If it's if it's true and it's the right thing and it helps people, I'm talking about it. If somebody's done something horrible and they've harmed people, I'm talking about it. So it and I don't I don't miss my words because I'm not a liar and I'm not a fake person. I don't have to even pick and choose what I say. Cause I know what I say is is what's in my heart to say. And I know that I've done my research. I know that I am never out to get anyone. I'm not I'm not a mean spirited person. So I don't have to check my words to make sure I'm not out of line. My my spirit is not nasty. Yeah. I don't I don't hate people. I'm not a, I'm not mean. So I can speak freely and know that what I say is going to come from a place of love because that's where I reside, right? And so it comes down to I think we we are attuned to fake, right? We can hear with somebody that that ain't that ain't who they are. Anybody that knows me knows that what the way I sound talking to you is how I sound on Twitter. It's how I sound if I'm guest co-hosting The View. It's how I sound in the grocery line. This is just who I am. And I'm, I'm going to give 100% of me every single chance I get because I believe that, again, that's what my platform is for. And there's no yeah. ego in it. Like, I don't, I don't care if people like me or think I'm pretty or thin or young or I, I don't care about any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying matters. What you think of me doesn't matter. The issues that I fight for, Donors Choose, MPTF, Amazing Grace Conservatory, Lollipop Theater, all of these wonderful organizations matter. Mm. What they're doing for good matters. What you think of me? Eh. I mean, I <laughs> Something can't. that I really learned in, in the past, I would say like five years or so, is this idea of following the things that are passionate to you mm -hmm. and that people in any arena of your life, whether it's your relationships or your work or your family or whatever, people will always sniff out when you're not passionate about something, yes. even if you work really hard for it or put a lot <laughs> right. into it, like people will know, they'll say, I can mm. sense it. I can Somebody sense right. that there's something that's, that's mm -hmm. missing. And so that idea of just like putting passion into everything that you do, I think that goes across all stretches of our lives that yeah why would you why would you put time in and put your name to something if you weren't passionate about it yeah like yeah. it's something that you don't really care about and it's just something to do I mean life is so short why do you want to spend time just doing stuff <laughs> just so even, doing even, stuff. Yeah. even decisions about who to who to sit on a zoom call with for an hour you know there's a thousand things that you and I could be doing we both have dogs we could be at a dog park running with our dogs right now right but we made an appointment and a decision to have this conversation with each other because we respect each other and we 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 understand where the other person is coming from and we believe that there's some good to be found in this conversation. Yeah. So that's why I'm here. That's that's the only reason you should be anywhere is because yeah. 
not what you can get. I think so many people go places and do things because of what they can get. You need to be going someplace because of what you can give. How about if you shift that, that way of thinking and go, what is my purpose in being on this call? What am I supposed to deposit in the spirit of this person that I'm talking to or in this gathering of people? What am I supposed to leave in this space, in this, in this ground? What seed am I supposed to plant? Mm, Everybody I love always that. trying to come and harvest. Maybe you're yeah. supposed to plant. Wow. Fertilize and water. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? It's so selfish. Stop being selfish and give. Yeah. You gave me the perfect segue to my next question with that, yeah. which is talking about conversation. Mm -hmm. And as we've begun this journey of political playlist over the last eight months, one of the, the big things is trying to shift the political conversation, take mm -hmm. it one that currently is so rooted in outrage and division and frustration yeah. and change it towards one that is informed and mm -hmm. about educating each other and listening to each other. And I think that, you know, one, one thing that I've started to notice is that when you just open your mind a little bit and realize that you might not agree with everybody, but that there is value to mm -hmm. at least hearing, hearing what they're, what they have to say, because a, it'll either validate your views mm -hmm. or it might shift your perspective a little bit. So in that light of coming to a conversation with something mm -hmm. to give and something to contribute, how do you work to stay informed? You mentioned you do your research. How, how, what does that look like for you? And then how do you use that information to create more conversation with people in your life? And then maybe people that you meet and perhaps disagree with? Well, research, is, I think, is getting a bad rap lately because yeah. everybody <laughs> with these crazy conspiracy theories have talked about their research. I think if it starts at Facebook, you're already in trouble. Right. So don't start there. I believe in reputable newspapers. I believe in political minds and, and, and education, people in the education sphere that are already vetted. This is not their first rodeo. They've been around. They know what they're talking about. They've lived the life. So I read everything. If I, something comes up on my feed, I'm reading it. Then I'm researching the person that wrote it. I'm researching the person that they quoted. Like I'm going deep into the rabbit's hole before I would ever say this person is someone whose opinion I respect on this topic. Now, if you are degreed in something and you have put in the time in something, then I don't even have to spend a whole bunch of time trying to figure out if you know, you, you, you got a degree in carrots and we're talking about carrots. I'm going <laughs> to defer to the person that knows about carrots and has a PhD in carrots. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I don't want to hear your, your think pieces on what you think about carrots. That person has put in the work. So it starts with stuff like that. And then again, if I'm wrong, like if I, if I did my deep dive and still ended up in the wrong space and someone pops in and I, and they respectfully say, by the way, this, you got this wrong, then I'm going to start researching again. And if I got it wrong, I'll bring it back to the people and go, I was completely wrong about this. Mm. I am so sorry. Now, insofar as having conversations with people that are on the other side of a situation I know is right. Like I know that infrastructure needs to be funded. I know that the uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Act needs to pass. I know that voter suppression and gerrymandering is wrong. I know that uh, what happened on January 6th was a terrorist attack. I, all this stuff is non-debatable. So if you want to have a conversation with me with some nonsense about any of that, I don't have time because, again, there's only so much time in the day. So if you've read everything I've read and seen everything I've said and you've settled on that side of that stuff, I'm going to leave you over there. 
Go on down that little merry road and do what you're going to do with it. The thing that has happened in the last five years, which is sad to me, is that facts have started to be debated. A fact is a fact. Now, in opinion, we can talk about it all day, but there are certain facts that are facts. I am not going to go back and forth about what a fact is or your opinion of a fact. A fact and the truth is a fact and the truth. Done. So we can debate uh, opinions, but we're not going to go back and forth and play patty cake about what is true. So in that regard, um, I don't have a lot of time for a lot of conversations about stuff when people just want to talk about stuff that's crazy. So I, I, and listen, there are people that do have the bandwidth for that. I'm just not one of them. So I know, yeah. I know my gifts. I, 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 I call a spade a spade and I do not suffer fools gladly. I've never, I got too much to do. We all have too much to do. It's so, so interesting when you're talking about, you know, really you see something on your feed, you go and you look at it, mm -hmm. you make sure you are getting the, the facts as they exist. Do you think that that part of that is because people are listening to you and that, you know, you have this responsibility because you have an audience of open ears and you want to make sure that you're disseminating that information? Because what is interesting, I think, is that we now, as you said, we have people who are quote unquote experts, but they're like Facebook information experts, you know, and and I wonder if, if more people had eyes on them, would they be digging into the same amount of due diligence that you are? Or do you think that people will just put out what they want to put out and it's all kind of character-based? I think it's character-based. I think people, a lot of people I'm finding have an agenda and um, whatever lines up with what their agenda is, they do. And, and the thing that has saddened me the most in the last few years is that money seems to be the motivation for what mm. a lot of people are doing. You know, there are people that know that something is wrong. They know that they're putting out disinformation or they're, you know, I remember in the last election, there were people at the last minute that were popping up supporting that other guy, the, the former guy. And, you know, some people got pardons because of it. And you could tell that they were throwing their hat in the ring for him because there was some quid pro quo behind the scenes, right? And it usually involves some sort of financial gain. And I'm a I'm a person of faith, and I know that the Bible says that the, the love of money is the root of all evil. And so anytime I see people choosing what is obviously the wrong path, it don't help nobody, it don't edify nobody, it don't uplift nobody. All it does is line pockets and, and increase follower counts. I, I'm just like, mm. That's, that's, it's a choice. It's, I think it's the wrong one, but it's a choice. Mm. So I just feel like there's a lot going on that we don't know about in what makes people choose to support and push the things that they support and push. I, I wish them well on that journey. I know it's not going to end well, but everybody has to go down their own road. As for me and mine and my social media pages, I am not bought. I am not forced. I am not on anybody's list. I say what I want to say. I support what I want to support and I fight the good fight for the people that need it. The, mm -hmm. I, the rest, what everybody else is doing. I... Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've really dug into, cause it's something that is an issue with a lot of young voters and young mm -hmm. politicians is just this idea of money in politics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, I mean, you see people from both sides of the aisle who are saying we need to have campaign finance reform and there needs yeah. to be some sort of cap on stuff. And, and I think, that's where we start to get into trouble because donors become officials and that's probably not the best route for us 
to be going down. So, you know, you talk about throwing your weight behind people and fighting for what you believe. Mm -hmm. You've endorsed a number of candidates in the past. And I'm curious, beyond just they belong to one party or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, they say one thing, what are the more kind of personal qualities that you look for in a candidate to connect to them and what, like, what is that? You know, it's like when you, when you go on a date with someone and you, what's a date, what's a date? date? (laughs) You know, you go on it, like it's, there's that thing where you're like, I don't know why I like them, but it's just this, this feeling. And, and I think sometimes in politics, we get really focused on so focused on the details because that's mm-hmm. the stuff that we can kind of make headlines about and whatever. But as someone who has had access to politicians as people and even as friends, mm-hmm. what what are those intangible things that you feel when you're with a candidate that you're like, oh, this is someone that I that I want to put my weight behind? If you look at anybody I've ever endorsed, there's one thing that goes across the line. They are kind people. Mm. They are kind people that care about people and it's palpable. You can, you, when you meet them, you can tell. Elizabeth Warren cares about people. Raphael Warnock cares about people. Uh, Maya Wiley cares about people. Eliza Orleans cares about people. Chantel Brown cares about people. They lead with uh, kindness and righteous outrage at, at what's been wrong. And they have a desire within them to make it better. And it's not an ego based desire. When you see a candidate and they say, only I can fix it. Ah, this is right. As soon as you see this, (laughs) run. Because anybody that decides that only they understand the needs of this particular community. Now, you can say that you feel that you're the best person to handle the issues of a community, but to say that nobody else has a, has an idea of how to manage this thing you've now created a, you know demagoguery you've created a space where you you want to be worshiped and there's no worship in a public office if you're if you're a elected official you're a servant you are there to serve the people you are not all knowing you are not the the great and powerful Oz and if you start your campaign with this idea that I I alone you end up with the former guy you know, ego is, it's dangerous. Now I know that it takes a certain amount of self-esteem to put yourself out there thinking that I have the ability to lead, right? Yeah. But in the midst of that, believing that you have been gifted with certain things that make you a good leader, maybe you are a good listener, uh, maybe you're good with with uh, fiscal things, money issues, maybe you believe in fighting for the underdog. Now those are gifts that you have. But if you're saying that you're perfect to be a leader because of you, me, am I? You look at me. That's you coming from the wrong place. And those are the people that when they lose, they blame dark money or they blame low information voters. You know what I mean? Because how could the great and powerful Oz not be chosen? They blame trickery and it was it was rigged. That's how you know ego was involved. Right. Anybody that is a poor, a sore loser, they're they're leading with ego and it's good that they lost. Right. Yeah, it so is that of, it's that yeah. weird balance. Like mm-hmm. you think about politicians, it's and I think that's where it comes down to communication too. Yeah. This idea of you have to have some ego to to you know believe that you can be that kind of a leader, but it's where that ego ends and the kindness begins that, that or better yet, you know, where the where the kindness begins and the ego ends. Like it it's yeah. 
if you are a kind and decent person that wants what's right for people and you see what's happening in the world, at a certain point, you're going to go, I need to run for office yeah. because this is crazy. And I know that I, I like people more than that person does. I want people to have clean water and, and a bridge they can drive over. And this person doesn't seem to be concerned about that. So because yeah. I care about it, I should run. But that's not, that's the different than saying I should be in charge. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole, it's, it's, it's a little thing, but it, there's a different feeling. And when you meet someone that leads with love and care for others, you can feel it. We've all been in a room with somebody. We've been like, ooh, they don't like nobody. They don't like people. You know what I mean? No matter what they say. <laughs> No matter yep. what, how they dance around and and, <laughs> and shine in front of people, you can look and go, ooh, they don't like people. And then there's some people you meet and you're like, oh my gosh, that person really likes people. And if you're going to lead people, you should like them. <laughs> like the first thing, you should like people. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, that, that's, that should be a prerequisite. I would right? Just to be a people person. Be a people person. Yeah. Be people. Well, my last question is revolved around that, which is a more general one. I think a lot of people right now feel hopeless and afraid. And, you know, I think that, as I mentioned, I think one of your great qualities is this, this sense of optimism. And even when you're fighting for something that enrages you, you manage to do it in a way that feels friendly and happy and <laughs> looking towards the future. What gives you hope right now about where we are and where we might be able to go, even though we kind of seem like we're stuck in the mud at the moment? You know, what gives me hope is that no matter where we are now, if we look back in history, we can see that it was worse before. Mm. You know, I think about um, World War II and what happened to the Jewish people. I think about slavery. I think about the Trail of Tears. I think about Jim Crow. I think about the bubonic plague. Like there's a lot of things that we as a a world and as a nation have gone through and come on the other side of it, right? So that tells me that even this global warming, brother against brother, this pandemic that half the country doesn't believe is as dangerous as it is, all of these things feel insurmountable, but I know that we have we have surmounted things worse than this before. And I also know that the way we did it before is that it took a few people to believe it could be better, right? If we all just throw in the towel and accept that everything is law, all is lost, then all is truly lost. Mm. But a few of us, all it takes is a few to keep that candle of it's going to be all right lit and eventually enough candles will light their little candle, another little candle get lit. And before you know it, everybody will realize that it's going to be okay. But it's only going to be okay if we work together. The way this thing is going now with people being hateful to each other and it's, it's got, we can't do it that way. Yeah. We can't do it that way. It's, we're, we're all, this is the thing about, especially about the global warming thing in particular, that really bugs me. We got one earth. The majority of us, except for the billionaires, we stuck here. And a lot of people have babies. I don't have children, but a lot of people have children. And and you need to be concerned about what this orb is going to be like in 10, 20 years after you're gone. What are your babies and your baby's babies going to have, right? So the idea of trashing the only orb we know for the sake of money or 
votes or whatever. I don't understand it. Like this is all we have. So at some point they're going to, we're going to all realize that we're on this orb together. We are essentially in the same boat. We're under the same sky, breathing the same air. It's time for us all to row together. Mm. Just stop digging holes in the boat. Let's all row together. Once that clicks in, we're going to be fine. Yeah. And just, I, I love that idea of just like, it took a few people to believe that it could be better. Cause I think at least in my opinion, that's what we're missing right now is just this idea of where like everyone's searching for that voice to pull them up. And it's like, well, just be, be that voice. Like maybe, be the yeah, person. Maybe, maybe the voice is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure Dr. King didn't realize he was Dr. King. Yeah. Dr. King was just speaking about the things that matter to him. He was using his voice and his platform to talk about the things that matter to him and and uh, fought for what was right. Now, turns out he was the voice of a generation. But I promise you, when he was starting out, he didn't know that he would be. And yeah. I bet he probably never thought that it'd be this many years after he passed and we're still using his quotes to, to make it through. So you, somebody else is doing it now. Somebody else is speaking truth and fighting the good fight. And they're going to be the MLK of this, this generation. They don't know it. And it could be you. Whoever's listening to this, it could be you. So get yeah. out there and fight the good fight. Yes. Care for each other. It's not just about you and your family. If all you've done in this life is care about you and the people you know, you have missed it. If your love and care and concern does not extend beyond your street, or your school, or your house, you have missed it. You should be caring about everybody. Everybody belongs to you. Everybody. Everybody deserves water and, and a place to lay their head. How you gonna be okay if everybody ain't okay? It's all shame. I'm not okay if everybody's not okay. Yeah, 100%. I think that that's the best message that can be put out there. I love that. Well, Yvette, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Um, I feel ready to conquer my day. Yay! (laughs) Um, And I hope to hope to see you soon. I hope to see you soon. Okay. Thanks everyone for tuning in. See you Mm -hmm. later.